Richard and his family just got back from China. Yes. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just stand up and give him praise this evening. Hallelujah. Father, we just give you glory and honor today, Lord. There is no one else like you, Lord. You are an awesome God. Hallelujah. You're a merciful God. Hallelujah. You are just so great and greatly to be praised. And Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that this is the day that you have made. We will rejoice and we'll continue to be glad in it, Father. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that your word never returns to you void, but it shall accomplish that which you please and prosper in the things where you send it. And Father, you've sent your word today, tonight, here at the heart of the Bay Christian Center. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that everybody has an open heart to receive and an open ear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has for us to this evening. Holy Spirit, I just yield myself unto you. I give myself to you to use me to speak through me and to minister through me a word fitly spoken in due season. Lord, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, that people coming in today will not leave the same this evening. But, Father, I thank you, Lord, that they'll be touched by your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you just have your way among us. I thank you for the tangible anointing that is upon this message and upon this service. In Jesus' name, and all that are in agreement said... Amen. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I am uh, deeply honored uh, that uh, pastors Mark and Brenda asked me to minister here this evening. Praise God. And I just thank God for them. I, I don't know about you, but I think they're just the greatest pastors that, that anybody could have. Amen. I mean, just they just, you know, they're just hardworking, just people loving pastors. Amen. And so I just want to give them honor, amen, and just glad that they're getting that time off. Praise God. And I guess I should dismiss the the CIA. Yes, okay. All right. I'll get the script down here. (laughs) All right, praise God. All right, so all the kids are dismissed, amen, where they can be fed the Word of God. I just want to say on behalf of my wife and my son, uh, Frankie, and my son, Seth, they're in the East Coast right now, my My wife uh, is attending uh, school there in the East Coast for the summer, uh, and so she's going to be there for a few more weeks, and so she couldn't be here tonight, but she wanted to give everybody her love, amen, and uh, we're just really blessed, praise God. Um, Well, in keeping with the theme that uh, Pastors Mark and Brenda have started for the month of July, amen, which is Summer Revival, say Revival. Amen. You ought to say it like you're being revived. Amen. Revival. Hallelujah. Amen. This is not the church of the dead. Amen. This is the church of the living. Praise God. In case you didn't know. Amen. Um, So in keeping with the theme of revival, summer revival, praise God, we're just going to continue teaching on uh, healings and miracles tonight. Praise God. And what I would like to uh, have you do is open up your Bibles here to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. I don't know about you, but I was really blessed by the word that Pastor Tom brought this morning. Praise God. How many of you were blessed this morning by that? Amen. Awesome word. Thank you, Pastor Tom. Praise God. Man, we're just so blessed. We've got all these ministers. Amen. Ministers of the word. Praise God. All right. Well, you know, we're going to look here in Mark chapter 9. I'm not going to read this whole account for you, but... um, Pastor Tom had talked about it this morning, um, about this man whose son had been stricken with a dumb spirit from the time that he was a child. And uh, Jesus was in this crowd. He was being followed. He was, as Pastor Tom said, he was being thronged by people. People are always following Jesus. Why? Because they heard about the miracles They heard about the manifestations of the Spirit of God in his ministry, and they wanted to see for themselves what was going on. And and so Jesus is, uh, you know, he's with his disciples, and he sees this crowd around his disciples, and he's like saying, hey, you know, what's going on? You know, he sees these scribes questioning his his, uh, disciples, and he's asking, hey, what's this all about? And they find out that there's this man who has this son, who'd been stricken with this dumb spirit, and he, was, and he was just describing to Jesus how his son 
is often led into these tirades and, and violent behavior where he's foaming at the mouth, he's squirming on the ground, he's writhing in pain, whatever. I mean, this is, this is uh, demonic oppression taking place. This is actually demonic possession in place here. And Jesus said unto him, he said in uh, verse 20, uh, let's go to verse 20. And they brought him unto him, the father. And when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him. And he fell on the ground. This is the kid. And wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, Jesus asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said of a child. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. The father was pleading. Think about it. You know, I mean, you think about uh, if you've ever seen a special needs child um, or know of a special needs child. Maybe you have a special needs child. It's, it's a lot to raise a child with special needs. This was a father who had to deal with a, a very special child in that he was demon possessed. So Jesus says here, Jesus said unto him, and this is the key, if thou canst believe, what? All things are possible to him that believeth. Let's read that verse together. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help, thy, help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead, meaning the son. It almost seemed like he just dropped dead at that moment. Insomuch that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. Now I want to just focus on this, all things are possible. What's left after the word all? Nothing, right? All is all. All means everything, right? So we can read that verse that everything is possible to them that can believe, right? Or better yet, anything is possible to them that can believe. Tonight I'm going to minister on the subject of no limits, no walls, no boundaries. No limits... No walls, no boundaries. Say this after me. No limits, no walls, no boundaries. Amen. God is a God without any limits, without any boundaries. Amen. Without any walls. You know, limits, walls, and boundaries serve to what we call restrain or to hold back, to constrain or to contain. Or to put a ceiling over something. And the world and the devil will always oblige and, and let you and remind you that there are limits to what you can do. Right? There are boundaries, certain boundaries that you cannot cross. There's a ceiling that you can't avoid that you're going to end up hitting your head against. But praise God, we serve a God who has no limits, no walls, and no boundaries. Amen. And I, I just want to open up your mind to this tonight. Amen. You know, when I was a young man, and it was a while ago, <laughs> but when I was a young man before my, what I call my BC days, my before Christ days, you know, I used to, I used to kid with my friends, you know, I used to, I used to partake in recreational drugs and, and, you know, I used to, I used to kid with them and it's like, yeah, I'm going to expand my mind and expand my mind, you know, I want to see God, you know, and I was doing all sorts of stupid stuff back then. And you know what? I never saw God. And you know what? I never expanded my mind. In fact, I had to believe God that he would redeem that time that I wasted doing those stupid things. But you know, I want to expand your mind tonight. Amen. In the spirit, praise God, because God wants to just blow your mind. He wants to take you to a place where you've never been before. Especially in your faith. Amen. 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 With man, it is impossible. With, but with God, what? All, All things are possible. possible. Say that. All things are possible. 
All things are possible to them that believe. Amen. So that's the key. We have to believe, right? See, you can, you can have some things that may seem impossible, but if you believe, all things are possible. Let's turn here to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. We're talking about believing, believing. Faith, amen, is the key to unleashing a limitless God in our lives. Amen? Faith is the key to unleashing our own selves from what seems to be impossible and get us into that realm of what is possible. Amen? So let's look here in in Hebrews chapter 11. And let's read here in verse 6. But without faith, it is what? Impossible to please Him. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. In other words, it's possible to please God through faith. Amen? Amen. It is impossible to please Him without faith. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I love what that says here. It says that they that come to God must believe that he is. In other words, you have to believe that God is real. You have to believe that God is real. You know, a lot of people say, yeah, I believe God. I believe there is a God. But do you really believe that God is a real God? That his word is real. That his word is more real than what you see with your eyes. Hear with your ears. Touch with your hands. Amen? He is a real God that supersedes all five physical senses. Amen? And that reality has to be rooted in your heart. Well, we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, right? Pastor Tom had had, had ministered this last Wednesday, that we have to be in that position of hearing, hearing the Word. Just like that woman with the issue of blood. She had heard something. She had heard something that caused her. I'm stealing a little bit what we talked about, Pastor Tom. <laughs> Sorry. The word is free, amen? Um, so anyway, she had heard something about getting in contact, physical contact with Jesus. And hearing that, her faith was then locked into touching, making that contact that physical contact with Jesus. And what did she do? She acted on the word. And we read uh, in, in, in Mark chapter 5 that as she touched him, touched the hem of the garment, that power flowed out of Jesus. Pastor Tom ministered on that this morning. That, you know, of all these people touching him. I don't know if, you know, I, I'm... I used to be a Michael Jackson fan, okay? And, um, and you know, I used to watch some of these vi- this video footage of whenever he would go to another country. It didn't really happen in the United States. But, man, when he went to Europe or Japan, he was being thronged. I mean, when you see thronged, I mean, I'm talking about people that are all around him to the point where he had to wear a helmet to protect his head so that as people were trying to touch him, they wouldn't, you know, slap him upside the head and cause him to go unconscious or something like that. But, I mean, that's what was happening with Jesus. Think about it. Picture this. People are trying to touch Jesus, and this woman makes contact, and what happens? Jesus felt something. He said, whoa, whoa, whoa what happened here? I just felt something go out of me. And sure enough, when he confronts the woman, she's in fear and trembling. And she tells him about everything that happens. And what does Jesus say? He said, thy faith has made thee whole. See, faith is the activator to healing. Faith is the activator to getting the promises of God. It may not necessarily be healing. It may be a, 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 a material provision from God. It may be a new job. It may be... Maybe a husband, maybe a wife, whatever you believe in God for. Amen? Your faith is that point of contact. And this woman had faith 
for her healing. And this woman pressed her way against all odds to receive that healing. Faith is the key. I like what happened with the centurion uh, and his servant. The centurion uh, sent, and and this is the account that's found in uh, Luke, the centurion sent his servants to meet with Jesus and to ask Jesus to do what? To just speak the word. He didn't, he didn't say, you know, yeah, have, them come, yeah, have, them, have them take bring Jesus back and we'll have a big party and he'll have a healing you know, party in our house and all that. No, he just said, just speak the word. Speak the word. Why? Jesus, uh, Jesus heard this, this man's servant say that the centurion was a man set under authority. He said, he says to his men, and, and if you don't know what a centurion is, it's a Roman captain of a hundred men. That's why they call him a centurion. He says to his men, go, and they go, and he says, come, and they come. Whatever he says, they do. So he recognized the authority that Jesus had. And he just said, look, all you have to do is speak that same word of authority over my servant. And I know that he will be healed. And what did Jesus say? He said, man, I have not seen faith like this in all of Israel. He's talking about a Gentile. He said, I have not seen faith like this in all of Israel. And what? The the, the servants take off. They go back to the centurion's house and what? They find the servant healed. Amen? Healing miracles come by faith. Amen? Healing miracles for the believer come by faith. Financial miracles come by faith. Amen? Miracles are wrought by faith. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. Amen? You don't have any faith, you're not going to get any results. Faith produces results. Amen? And you know, I learned this uh, in, in, our, in our own lives. Um, just seeing myself in, in, in the time that I've served in ministry and just in my own life, I've seen miracles happen. Uh, there was a time when um, I was in ministry staff at a church and I was part of the pastoral care team and we were called to the hospital uh, to minister to a young man who was dying. And we showed up at the hospital and this is in intensive care ICU. And we come into this room and there is the, this man on a, uh, a uh, breathing machine. Uh, basically, he's not looking too good. The color of his skin was a, a gray tone that I've never seen before in anybody in a hospital. And uh, sitting next to him is, is his brother. And his brother was the person who called the church to ask for ministry for his brother. And so we're talking to this young man, and he said, you know, I'm just believing God for my brother's healing. My brother has been living a life of sin. He's been drinking. He's been doing heavy drugs. And he slipped into this coma. And he's been in a coma for the last few days. And they're saying that he's brain dead. But I choose to believe that he's healed. And I choose to believe that he will live and not die. Now, you know, we're talking to this man and this nurse comes to the aid and, you know, this, this whole situation looks pretty dire. I mean, this man is on a, on a table that is automatically moving as it's monitoring his body. And, and what was going on was he had fluid building up in his lungs and the, the, uh, the table was moving at an angle so that he wouldn't choke on the fluids building up in his lungs. I mean, this, this was a really bad situation in the natural. And, you know, the nurse comes in, and she hears us ministering to this young man, and she's, like, scoffing at us. You know, like, yeah, right, healing? Yeah, sure. And we didn't pay attention to her. I mean, I was like, Jesus, I felt like putting her out, you know, <laughs> when he went to J. Iris's house. But, you know, we couldn't do that. We were in the hospital, so we had to operate in protocol. But we kept on ministering, and, and, and the young man said, you know, 
I've just been standing on these scriptures. And he just like pulls out like sheets of paper with scriptures written about healing and about health and about life. And he was just saying, this is what I've been confessing. And he said, all I need is somebody to just be in agreement with me. And all my family are just like my brother. They're, you know, they don't believe in Jesus. They don't believe in any of this healing stuff. But if you just come and believe with me. And we said, yeah, we'll, we're going to set ourselves in agreement, you know, according to Matthew chapter 18. And so we prayed and we prayed loud. We wanted to make sure that that nurse heard what we were praying about. And we were not ministering final rights. And amen. amen. We, were, we were administering final authority and God's word is the final authority. And so we just stood on the word and we just agreed. And praise God, we just had like a Holy Ghost meeting right in that OR room or in that in that. Um, ICU room, and, you know, nothing happened. You know, it wasn't like all of a sudden, you know, the heartbeat pulse started going up and the man got out of bed and started dancing in the spirit. It wasn't anything like that. But we had already set ourselves in agreement that we would have what we said. And we said that he would live and not die. Amen. That Jesus came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. And so we left. And sure enough, the man called two days later. And he said, I just want to thank those ministers for coming out to see me and my brother at the hospital. My brother is perfectly fine. He's conscious. He got up off the table. He's breathing on his own. And he's born again. Praise God. God, amen, works miracles through what? Faith. Amen. Faith is the key. Faith is the key to miracles. But you have to operate in faith. Amen. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. We had no evidence of this man's healing. But we chose to believe what the word of God said. Amen. I know in my own life, um, we've experienced a healing miracle in our own lives. Uh, for a while after we moved to California, my wife and I decided that, you know, it's time to start a family. And, uh, you know, we did what married people do to start families, but nothing was happening for two years. Nothing happened. We thought, well, maybe we need to see a, your doctor about this. And so we go to our doctor and he said, well, you know, Maybe you need to see a fertility specialist. So we go to this fertility specialist that he refers us to, and this is supposed to be one of the top guys here in the Bay Area, maybe in the country. And this guy was all business. He was a you know, he's a very scientific clinical kind of guy. No bedside manners whatsoever. You know? And uh and he said, uh, Oh, your wife's too old. Her eggs are getting old. She's she's too old to have a baby, forget it. Well, we want to have a family. Well, I'll see what I can do. Let's do some tests. You know, and we go through this generation of tests and stuff. And he said, yeah, I think, uh, I think I may have found one of the problems here. It looks like your wife has some blockage in her uh, fallopian tubes. And for those of you who don't know what a fallopian tube is, that's where, you know, I'm not going to get in a biology lesson here tonight. But, you know, there was some blockage that did not allow her to conceive. And uh, he told us, you know, I'm going to have to do some surgery to unblock this if you really want to have a child. And we said, okay, um, let, us, let us think about this. And in that time, we went to a, a, a conference, a Bible conference. And at this conference were Pastors Mark and Trina Hankins. And if you know the Hankins, they... They flow in the gifts. I mean, it's like, you know, they make it look so easy, you know. And, and, and they're just flowing in the Spirit. They're just flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, Pastor Trina Hankins all of a sudden just, you know, uh, well, Pastor Hankins, Mark Hankins, was giving out a, a word in tongues. And then she interpreted, and she said, there are some women here who are believing God to get pregnant. And I want you to stand up right now. I'm not going to ask you to come up, but I want you to stand up and I'm going to ask believers around you. This is a lot like what Pastor Mark has us do sometimes during service. 
I want believers to stand around you and lay hands on you. Now, uh, there was a, a woman who was a minister that was sitting right next to us. And she put her hand right on Frankie's body, just like this. Now, she didn't know anything about what we were believing God for. But she put it right, right at the spot where there was blockage. And she just started praying in the Spirit. Everybody started praying in the Spirit. And, uh, and then there was just this release, and everybody was shouting and praising the Lord, and that was it. So, you know, we, uh, we believe, God, that my wife received the manifestation of healing. But we didn't have any physical evidence of her healing. Now, the doctor, we get back to California from the meeting, and the doctor says, what are you going to do? And he said, well, we're, we prayed about it. We're going to go forward with the, with the uh, operation. And uh, he said, okay. And, you know, that's where, you know, you really have to hear what the Spirit of God says, especially with regard to healing. You know, sometimes in, in, um, in Word of Faith groups, we just throw doctors out the door, right? We throw them out the window. We, you know, we don't need, you know, we, we don't need medicine. You know, we can get it by faith. You know, and that's great if you are at that level, amen. But we knew we weren't. Now we believe God that my wife received healing, but we did proceed to go with the operation. And so, you know, this was in at Alta Bates in Berkeley, and uh, my wife goes in for the operation, and I go in the chapel, and I'm just praying in the spirit. And remember, this doctor that we have, he's, uh, he's all science. I mean, you know, he's very clinical. Everything's got to be bam, bam, bam. The data has to show this, right? So after about two hours, you know, I'm, I'm just praying and praying and, and just praising God in the chapel. And all of a sudden, this doctor comes in. And he says, Mr. Hing. I said, yeah, your wife's doing fine. He said, he said, you won't believe this, but when we opened her up, we couldn't find anything wrong. I said, praise God. I mean, I said, praise God right to his face. You know, this guy is like, all oh, science. And he said, I've never seen anything like that. But you know what? God is faithful. Amen. And what he's promised, he is well able to perform. God promised healing to my wife. God is promising healing to you. Amen. God's promising prosperity to you. God's promising, praise God, joy to you. You need to receive the promises of God. Come Amen. On, come on. The promises of God are true. Amen. And even though you may be in situations or circumstances that don't even look close to being to the answer. If God's word says that you are healed, then you are healed. Amen? If God says that you are free, then you are free. The Bible says that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has freed us from the law of sin and death. In other words, we're not subject to sin and death. We're not subject to sin and death cycles. We're not subject to recessions. Amen? There was a time, one time, where uh, the nation was going through a recession. I honestly didn't even know we were going through a recession. I stopped watching the news. The news was always bad. People were losing their jobs, losing their homes, and I just stopped watching it. And you know what? In that time, God was prospering us at the same time. That's a miracle. Amen? But that's the same kind of miracles. What God did for me, He can do for you. Amen? Because He's no respecter of persons. And so... I encourage you, praise God, to seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. To seek the Lord, to put yourself in a position to hear the word. Amen? That's why you're here tonight, to hear the word. You ought to be coming here Wednesday night. Amen? And Sunday morning, and Sunday night, to hear the word. Be in a position, praise God, to where you can hear the word, so that faith comes by hearing and by hearing of the word of God. Amen? I just have one more story to tell you, praise, praise God. God. This is about financial uh, miracles. Um, I, was, uh, I was working for a, a large company back east, and um, I was in the sales, the sales and marketing team for this company. And uh, 
I came to know a colleague there. Uh, his name was Harvey. He was a tall African-American man, um, real, just full of joy, full of life. I found out that he was a born-again believer. And so we, we, we had, like, kindred spirits, you know. So we would, like, you know, get together around lunch and talk about the Lord and talk about what God was doing. And he, he just, you know, he was in our customer service department. He would be the guy who answered the phone, heard all the complaints and all the, all the banter from angry customers and stuff, and he would be the one to try to calm them down and take care of business for us. Now, I came to find out that Harvey didn't start out in that position. Harvey started out in this office as the janitor. He was the cleaning man. In fact, he didn't even work for our company. He worked for a, a contract service that would come in in the evening, empty out the waste baskets, clean the toilets, and do all that stuff. And uh, I, I heard this from my boss, and my boss was the, the vice president of this company, and, and he said, uh, yeah, you know, kind of interesting how Harvey even ended up in this company. Uh, one day, uh, I come into my office, and he had you know, this really nice corner office. I come into my office, and there's a note on my desk with a $20 bill. And it was written, the note said, uh, Sir, you left this on the floor. I just wanted to make sure that you got your money that you lost. And that impressed the vice president of this company so much that he said, You know what? Somebody like that, we need to have him working here. So he hired Harvey and made him the mailboy. He was just the guy that worked, you know, he ran errands, you know. Need something heavy to lift, give it to Harvey to do. You know, you need to have something taken to the warehouse, give it to Harvey. You, got, you know, somebody that's going to distribute mail and memos, give it to Harvey. You know, he had a, a, what some people would call a menial job. But you know what? Harvey was happy. Because he had a far better job than cleaning toilets and dusting desks and emptying wastebaskets. And uh, Harvey told me, he said, one day, he, he told me, he said, one day I'm going to be a salesman. I'm going to be a sales executive. And I didn't, you know, it didn't phase me when he said that. It's like, you know, the thing that popped in my brain is, hey, all things are possible to them that can believe. And if he could believe that, I just said, you know what, Harvey, I'm going to set myself in agreement with you. Now, Harvey did what I thought was some wonderful things. He was, uh, he was a single man at the time, and he would take uh, a lot of underprivileged youth on bowling uh, tours. You know, he coached a bowling team, and he would take them all over the Midwest to, uh, to go bowling. And at the same time, he was mentoring these young men. A lot of these were young men were coming from broken homes. And uh, he would minister to them. And uh, I saw that. And then, you know, he also was very active in his church. And he served in his church. And I'm going to say this, if you allow me to, that, you know, part of receiving a miracle is to be in a position of obedience. Amen. And there are a lot of a lot of people who aren't serving, who should be serving. There are a lot of people who um, should be giving, and they're not giving. Right. Amen? And uh, I can tell you this, that every time that we saw a manifestation of miracles, it was always because we were being obedient to, to the Lord in many other areas of ministry in, in our own lives. And Harvey was, was in this position where he was giving, he was sowing, he was being a blessing to other people. Now, Harvey used to tell other people who weren't saved that one day he's going to be a sales executive. And they used to laugh at him. They used to think, yeah, right, a black man in this business. I mean, that was automatically a container, a wall, a boundary, a limit that the world will place on certain people because of their, the color of their skin or because of what their background is or what school they didn't go to or whatever. And uh, I said, Harvey, don't even listen to them. You just do what you know to do. And, you know, I want to tell you this, that years later, after I'd moved out of uh, that area of the country and came out here to California, I heard that Harvey was a sales executive, amen, making a six-figure income, 
driving a company car. Amen. And just knocking them out of the park in sales. What happened? All things. All things are possible. All things are possible to them that believe. Amen. You need to take the limits off of God. You need to take the the walls off of God. You need to take the boundaries off God. Amen. God is not limited. We're limiting God most of the time. You know, scientists have determined, and I always, you know, I always refer to scientists because I'm a scientist myself by training in education, but scientists have determined that most humans use only about 10% of their brain capacity. They use only about 10% of the brain capacity. So you think about, okay, so all this gray matter that's floating around in your head, you're only using about 10% of it. You cannot outthink God. Amen? You cannot outdo God with what he can do. So when, when you are facing a problem, when your backup is, is, is up against the wall, when you think, you know what, God, this is impossible, you know what, God's saying, you know, get your 10% out of the way. And let me do what I need to do. Amen? Praise God. God is a good God. Amen? God is a great God. God is a faithful God. Hallelujah. Now, I want to just leave you with this. We're going to look here in, uh, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. This is something else that God taught me about. The Lord taught me about uh, receiving miracles in your life. And uh, we're going to look here at the account of King Jehoshaphat. So you need to remind yourselves that God said in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, that we are not to remember the former things of old, right? But that he is doing a new thing. Amen. And he said he would make a way in the wilderness, and that he would cause rivers to flow in the desert. Amen? God is a way maker. When there doesn't seem to be a way, God's going to make a way. Amen? And that's what you have to hang your hat on. Amen? When, you, when it comes to faith, when it comes to developing faith, God will make a way where there is no way. He is the way maker. Praise God. And God says that he, his eyes look to and fro throughout the earth, to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are perfect toward him. So he's looking, praise God, to show up and to show out in your life. Amen. If you'll just believe. Praise God. Now in Second Chronicles chapter 20, we read about, uh, I'm not going to read this whole chapter, but I'm just going to give you kind of a, a, a brief summary of what's happened. Uh, Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah. And Judah has enemies. These are enemies that do not want to share what God has promised them, which is the promised land, Israel. And uh, the, the, uh, these children of Moab, these children of Ammon, and these children of Mount Seir were people who were spared initially by the children of Israel when they went to possess the land. But what happened was these people who were left there all of a sudden became a problem. You're like, you know, it's getting a little tight here. You guys got to go. So these three groups of people decide to band together against the, the, the children of Judah and their king. And Jehoshaphat learns of this. And he gets a little nervous. Amen. And so let's look here. Uh, let's look here in verse 3. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to what? Seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Now, when we, when we read here that he seeks the Lord, we're talking about seeking the Lord in prayer. Amen? And that's the thing that we need to do is we need to seek the Lord in prayer. And Judah gathered themselves together. Now we see the people gathering together to ask help of the Lord 
even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art thou not God in heaven and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? And see, this is the thing that we need to do when we go to the Lord in prayer. You need to remind God of who he is. Amen. You need to remind God that he's an awesome God. Amen. You need to remind God that he is the God, praise God, where nothing is too difficult for him. Amen. That he is the God of the impossible to make things possible. Praise God. And that's what we are to do when we go to the Lord in prayer, as Jehoshaphat did. And we find out that he also goes on and he begins to remind the Lord of previous things that God did for the children of Judah. He said, aren't you the God who led us out of captivity and brought us into this land? Aren't you the God who delivered us out of the hand of the enemy and fed us and made provision? And he starts to remind God of all the things that he did for them. And see, that's what you need to do is you need to constantly remind yourself and remind the Lord what he's done for you in the past. Amen. Rehearse your victories. I don't know about you, but I keep a prayer journal. I keep a journal and I record of things that God does. They may be great things and they may be small things. I like to think that the Lord has a very personal touch, you know, and that he'll do certain things that are just personal to me. And I thank the Lord and I write them down. And then, you know, if I'm hitting a tough time, if I if my back is up against the wall, I'll take out this journal and I'll start to remind the Lord, look, Lord, look what you did for me. Look how you healed my wife. Look how you provided to me when I was laid off from my job in the midst of a recession. And yet you provided me with a better job. Look at look at what happened here uh, in this time when we slid off the highway on a sheet of ice and your angels just hauled us right out of the ditch and back on the highway. You're a good guy. A great God. And see, that's what you need to do in your own life. Remind the Lord of what he's done. How many of you can testify that God has done something great in your lives? Amen? Praise God. You need to remind yourself. Amen? You need to rehearse your victories before the Lord. And so what happened? All of a sudden, the word of the Lord came upon a man. I think his name is Jehazel. I'm uh, not really good with Hebrew names, but anyway, he was he was part of the tribe of uh, of Leviticus. He was a priest, and the Lord spoke to him and He said, "Look, you, the the enemy is going to set ambushments against you." But this is what He said, and He said in verse uh, 15, "Hearken, ye all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem." And thou, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the what? Battle is not yours, but God's. See, we have to remind ourselves we don't have to do everything. You are not Holy Ghost Junior. Amen? You have a God. Amen? Who is just waiting to show himself strong on your behalf. The battle is not yours. It's God. You ought to be rejoicing on that. Amen? Alone. Amen? The battle is not yours, but God's. And then they tell them what to do. And what happens? Jehoshaphat rounds up the people. And what does he do? Does he get his crack soldiers up front? Huh? Does he put his SEAL team out before them? No. He calls... The musicians. Pastor Tom, come on up. (laughs) Bring the praise and worship team. You guys are the frontline troops. You guys are going before everybody. And you're going to lead us in praise before the Lord. And you know what? Anytime you get into a time of prayer and the Lord gives you a word, praise God, we are to meditate on that word. That meditation on the word often leads to revelation, right? Meditation leads to revelation. And then 
as you get that revelation and get excited about what the Lord has just revealed to you, then it's that time of elevation where all of a sudden that problem that seemed so big at one time begins to become diminutive in size, becomes smaller because you start comparing what you're facing with the Almighty God, who is much bigger, amen, amen. than anything that we face. And then when you elevate God, and when your spirit becomes elevated, praise God, you begin to give him the praise. And that's what Jehoshaphat and the people did. They began to praise the Lord. They said, praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. And as they went Fourth, what happened? The Lord set ambushments against their enemies, against the Ammonites, the Moabites, the children of Mount Seir, and any other ites that were up against the children of Israel. What happened? They started to turn on themselves. Now get this. This is the best part. These guys defeat themselves, and then when the children of Judah come up on them, they find... Stuff. They find a lot of stuff. In fact, so much stuff that it took them three days to collect all of it. Now think about this. A soldier goes into battle. He's going to put on his best Rolex watch on. He's going to drain his bank account at Wells Fargo and load up his pockets and go into battle. He's going to get his wife's fur coat and throw it in his backpack or whatever. But that's what happened took them three days to collect. Yep. What was it? Restoration. Praise God. Restoration of all that was lost in the past. See, God is always looking to bless his people. That's a provisional miracle right there. And what happened? They went before the Lord, not only in faith, but they really went into faith praising God. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What was going on? They were giving God evidence, evidence of their victory. They went before the Lord celebrating their victory before it even happened. They were saying, praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. They were rehearsing their victory. Before it even happened. Before it was even manifested. Why? Because they got the revelation. Amen? They got the revelation that the battle is not ours, but is of the Lord's. They got the revelation, praise God, that God, if God is for you, who can be against you? Amen? They got the revelation that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen? They got a revelation. And as they got the revelation, their hearts began to lift, and they began to lift the Lord. And that's what we need to do in the time of our midst and our trials. The Bible says to count it all joy in the midst of all trials. In fact, let's just go ahead and practice that right now. Let's just go ahead and lift up the Lord right now. You may not feel like it right now. You may feel like, you know what, I don't know what he's saying, but you know what? Get up, get off your rusty dusty, and let's go ahead and just praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh, Lord, you are so faithful. What you promised in your word, you're well able to perform. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you're faithful to your word. You watch over your word to perform it, Father. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can speak unto those mountains, the mountains that we face in life. And we call them to be removed and to be cast in the sea. And we'll not doubt in our hearts, Father. But believe that those things which we say shall come to pass. And so, Father, we thank you, Lord. We have the answer. We have what we say. We say we have the victory. We say, Lord, Father, that, that you cause us to triumph in all things, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we are overcomers, that you've made us more than conquerors, that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the very word of our testimony. Thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, that against all situations and circumstances, your word takes precedence. Your word takes priority. Your word works, Father. Your word is the truth. 
And we thank you, Lord, that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, the spirit of truth who will lead us and guide us in all truth. We're not going to buy the lie, as Pastor Mark said. We're not going to buy the lie. We're not going to buy the lies of the devil. We're healed by your stripes, Lord. We are healed. We are healed from the crown of our heads to the very soles of our feet. We speak to our bodies. We speak to every cell, every bone, every tissue in our body to be healed and to be whole in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. You are Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God, our healer. And we receive our healing now in Jesus name. Whatever the doctor says, it doesn't matter. What we, what we know is what God says. And God says that by his stripes, you were healed. Hallelujah. And so because we were healed, we are healed. Hallelujah. We are healed in the name of Jesus. Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Whatever we have need of, Lord, we thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, our provider. We thank you, Lord, for financial miracles in our lives right now in Jesus' name. We receive financial miracles. We receive new jobs, new opportunities of employment, Father. We thank you, Lord, for unexpected income coming our way in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that we can run through a troop and leap over a wall, Lord, because you've called us to great things. We thank you, Father. You are great and greatly to be praised. And so, Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you. Whatever we have need of, you supply our needs according to your riches and glory by the anointed one, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord, because your mercy does endure forever. You love us with a never-ending love. And so, Father, we thank you, Lord, that because you love us so much, you'll do anything that we have need of, Lord. And so, Lord, we just come before you in faith. We come before you in obedience, Lord. We come before you, Lord, seeking you, seeking your face, Lord. We come before you, seeking you, seeking you. We seek you and we come to you. We come to you, Lord, believing that you are real, believing that you are and that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. We thank you for these things in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah.